Hello, everyone. Welcome to Being Experiential Podcasting. I'm Bethany Evans, and I'm here with Aaron Pruitt, my co-host. And today I'm really excited because we've been talking about doing this episode for a long time, having an astrologer on. So today we have Holly Guzman, and I'm really, really excited to get more into astrology and what it means and how we can actually apply it into our lives because it's such a vast, in-depth topic. I think sometimes it's overwhelming for people who aren't super into it. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Holly, for being here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. It's funny. I've known Holly. How long have I known you, Holly, now? And like four years, three years? We met in 2014. Oh, shit. Immediately after the traumatic event. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holly and I, how did you guys, how did you meet? Melanie Lindsay, who did our uh, facilitated our spill the tea episode, um, knew Holly. And can I share Holly? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So Holly's uh, was in a romantic relationship boyfriend. um, I think after they ended, got suddenly killed. So her and I were both talking about like, what does that look like in your life when your partner, your romantic partner um, no matter the time between dating and not is killed and what that would look like. I remember the coffee, we had coffee and I was like, how is she? I don't think like, I felt like I was talking to someone so much older. I was like, how is she the way she is? Cause you were so enlightened. Right. I felt like, Oh, well, that's a great compliment. I thought I was a hot fucking mess at the time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 2014, my partner had passed and I knew that uh, Mr. Pruitt at that time had passed not too much earlier. So we got together to talk about loss and being a widow and what that means and what are like living authentically, but also in a state of grief. Um, so yeah, we connected on a soul level immediately yeah. <laughs> and then have kind of been talking in ethereal ways ever since. And it's been great. And yeah. um, Bethany, it's a pleasure to meet you too today. Yeah. Oh, wait, two questions. So the, how does Melanie fit in? Sorry, I just am not connecting the dots. Melanie is her teacher. So okay, you Holly, didn't say that. <laughs> Holly would say <laughs> Melanie post high school. Okay. And then Melanie's like, hey, I need you to meet with a former student who gotcha. just yeah. is facing. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. And I was really preparing for, because I have been asked to talk to people every once in a while. Like I know someone and I've talked to a couple of young people and I was like, this is not, like this she's she's not young like I anticipated I was like oh this woman's like what are you gonna do you're gonna go solve you know cancer like I don't know what you're up to in this life but (laughs) it's a pleasure meeting you I'm not sure why I'm here (laughs) (laughs) and then my other question is what's your sign Holly what's your sign or your sign I should say I'm actually gonna wait to say that at the end okay um, mainly because Sun sign astrology, uh, though I love sun sign conversations, um, can get really like, oh, well, I don't date that person because they're Sagittarius or yeah. uh, Cancer. And if I say what I am first, I just think that it'll either like have people immediately go like, nope, or will um, listen to me in a certain yeah. way. So at the end, I will like offer my big three, my moon, my sun, and my rising sign. Okay. So everyone take a guess. So as you listen to Holly, <laughs> See if you can guess what her sun, moon, and rising is, and you could DM us and be like, that's what I guessed. I'm going to guess, too, because I have no idea. 
Okay. Oh, I know sun, but I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to, I think you've told me maybe in the past, I just can't remember moon and rising. I'm going to write it down. Actually, oh, I'm excited to hear about it. What? If anybody gets it, I'll offer them like a 15 to 30 minute free consultation. Ooh. If they get it exactly. Um, exactly. But uh, if not, then, you know, tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> message us <laughs> and let us know yeah. what you think. It, totally. Okay, Holly, we want to know, really, in your definition, what is astrology and why the fuck is it important? <laughs> Here's your pitch. Uh, for sure. So astrology in its simplest form, I actually get this definition from a, a, a much more professional and cooler astrologer than I, Chris Brennan, who has a podcast called The Astrology Podcast, mm. anywhere, anyone that wants to learn. Uh, and he says that it's the correspondence between celestial body movements so planetary movement and earthly patterns. So like, it's kind of basic in that way, though kind of meta. And I would say um, astrology to me kind of depends on the way that a person uses it. So it's a multi-tool for those that want to use it for like personal, like gain and forward thinking. Awesome. If you want to use it for divination and predictions of future, very cool. If you want to use it to align with the person you'd like to marry in a more like counseling or setup kind of way. Awesome. So ultimately it could be more on a science side or it could be more on the spiritual side or religious side, even for people that go about doing everything astrologically, but it's really how you use it. Um, and it's ancient and like, uh, what Bethany said earlier, just so vast, <laughs> uh, you can pretty much take it in any direction, but, um, I would say it totally depends on the user and how you want to have it affect your life. Oh, nice. Thank you. Uh, mm -hmm. what kind of astrology, cause there is multiple kinds. So maybe you could share with us, oh, like yeah. what kind do you practice and what, like kind of just high level sense what other ones are out there and maybe if like why would I want one maybe over another so if I'm looking to listen to you like to discern like what kind of astrologer would I want or what kind of are there and why would I want one over another totally um I think this is a really important question for those that want astrological advice um so I'll start with what I do and I'm a natal astrologer I would say that's like 90 percent of astrologers out there uh, natal astrology is primarily concerned with the birth charts of um, humans. So under this branch could be like synastry, which is compatibility charts. Like, do we work well together? Um, or it could be horary and horoscopal astrology, which is more like predictive per zodiac sign, which I think that's like probably what most people are used to. But it's the most, I'd say, surface level version. Mm. Um, and then you have um, different forms of astrology besides natal, which is electional or horary, which is where you create, a, we'll just say a birth chart of a moment in time. So say you want to make a business agreement, you want to buy a house, you want to get married. Uh, so it's more like a snapshot in time to create, like to have you see essentially what um, unique or what is special about a moment and whether or not you'd have things acting against you in those endeavors. And then you have mundane astrology, which is so over my head. And it's people who essentially study like long-term format planetary movement. So how people essentially predict what will happen to the United States of America or to natural disasters or like things that affect the earth and like the global collective. Um, and those are very specific people who you probably wouldn't go to with your romantic advice interests. Um, but those are the, they didn't forms. want to talk to us. 
Are they more like in the like lane? Um, I think you'd probably be more likely to find them like on a podcast or look at their blog or like hear them um, in some like interview format than you would getting their attention in an email saying, hey, I want a reading. Yeah. Uh, they also tend to be more like academic and have more of like the accolade research side of things and the interpersonal like, um, like, hey, let's talk about like a more grounded, relatable way of using astrology. Mm -hmm. uh, the cool part is anytime you just look up astrologer online you're gonna find someone that'll do natal charts because it's so common so you won't really get like too mixed up in the people that don't want to talk to you but uh <laughs> i would say um if you're interested in very specific moments in your life like career path or uh, buying a business or selling your house you might want to talk to an electional astrologer like someone to help you like make the best or predict the best time for you to do something but otherwise like if you're just looking for transformation authenticity karmic life cycles like talk to a natal astrologer um ask for readings most people will probably give you a consultation first to see if you guys match or if they have the answers for you the cool thing about astrology is it's a very like linked community where people will be like, I don't do that, but you know who would so-and-so mm -hmm. and like refer you toward the person that um, would probably give you a better answer. Like, I don't think anyone out there is just trying to cheat you of your money. We're hoping. Yeah. I can't speak for everyone. Um, but yeah, I would say uh, your most of your questions that you might have, if you're not asking like when the San Andreas fault's going to collapse, you're going to want to just talk to a natal astrologer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I would want to. It depends what it is. You know, I did look up, I might explain. I looked up when Trump got voted in. Yeah. I was like, what the what? How did that happen? And I must have listened to which one would it be? The ones that are more the philosopher, or the ones that don't want to talk to me. Oh, mundane astrologers. Mundane, which is hilarious. That's the name of it. I know. It's right? complicated. I was like, oh my god like I didn't even understand half of it and I love astrology <laughs> yeah but I but they Come were on. talking about very collective energy and shifts and what they overlay and junk I mean I was just like felt like I was talking listening to a mathematician predict <laughs> why that happened like a you know something geometry and I was just like oh shit so then I started becoming obsessed where I watched like what else is gonna happen what else <laughs> so it makes my um, sphincter tight there was yeah. like an entire group of people who ultimately uses like Indian or people say Vedic astrology, but Vedic would essentially say that like the people that use this are probably Hindu or come from this ancient mm. method mm. of belief, which isn't always true. So Indian astrology um, originating in India, pretty much anyone using that former system um, predicted Obama's presidency way before he even like started campaigning for office. So like, there's some really cool things out there. Um, not everything is true. Obviously free will <laughs> yeah, definitely has a lot to play because even if I bring up your natal chart and I say like, oh, you would be an amazing blank. You could still tell me like, ah, fuck it. I actually want to be a writer and then not do that. It's more yeah. like the, the, the opportunity or the, the potential, the map Right. Um, of what it has what could happen and it really ultimately depends on how we use the energy in which direction we choose which is kind of like the whole the divination or the the like religious aspect to it is like you you can choose but there is a dharmic essence like mm. a, your potential enabled in this it's kind of like a cheat sheet almost yeah a shortcut <laughs> you know your um your yes. your natal chart 
Okay, so wondering what basic information do we need to know if we're beginning to dip our toes into astrology? Like, if you could kind of give us like some people are really like and and Bethany and I run across this. I mean, I drive my I don't know if I drive crazy, but part of like you're working with me, I'm gonna talk about astrology, but I do it in a very intuitive way. Like I I, was, I think I was talking to Holly, like I love numerology, but I it's it makes me go in my my left brain too much and I leave my intuition behind. So astrology was a more vassal place. But if so, if someone's like, okay, I don't know anything, can you speak to that? I know a little bit, but how do I use it a little bit more? Like how what could I do on my own or look mm-hmm. for in my own chart to understand? Oh, okay. Um, I was going to ask, are you asking me to explain like how to further your knowledge about reading your own chart or like what to look for in your chart to help you know more? Kind of like both. micro or macro. Can I micro <laughs> macro? Okay. Oh, I'm well, sorry. Probably both because I feel like there's a mixture of our listeners who are like know a little bit, some maybe not at all. They just know like their sun sign and that's it. Um, and mm-hmm. then I don't know, for me, I was like, well, what about the people who like want to study astrology more, or, like get deeper into it? Like, where would you suggest they go? Like if, if like they want to take a course or like training, like maybe where oh. you went or something, you know, something like that too. Sure. So I feel like there's, we have different groups of people. They're on the, yeah, on there's the spectrum of understanding. Yeah. I know there's some people that are like, I don't really care about the astrology bit so much besides how it affects my own life. And then there's people like, I need to understand the entire thing to understand my own life. So we kind of have both. (laughs) Um, I would say, I'll start with the the micro. If you're going to be looking in your own chart, please, for dear God, (laughs) don't just focus on your sun sign. Like I love sun signs. They're a lot of fun. They're easy. Um, They're kind of the hammer in your tool chest. Like, and to use the hammer for all the things you want to do to like build a house, you're gonna run into needing a screwdriver or a drill or something different than just your hammer. Like let that stay aside and learn the other tools. Um, so I would say, look look at your moon sign, definitely. Uh, and I'll get to, to talking about that a little bit more when I um, speak a bit on both of your charts. Uh, so your, your big three, your sun, moon and rising, Um, And then anything that looks interesting to you. So if there's like a big cluster called a stellium where a bunch of planets are in one area, look into that. If you don't have a particular element, like I actually, I'm not going to comment on mine yet. I'm going to leave that. Um, (laughs) I just wrote down some of my guesses on you. I was like, (laughs) I think I have an insight. Okay. (laughs) Um, Like say you were a person who is really lacking in an earth sign anywhere in your chart, then like learning how to balance that in your life, et cetera. So like kind of notice where the pattern is just by, even if you don't know anything about astrology, look at the chart, the the circle with like the 12 even increments around it, which are the houses of the Zodiac. And then see just by looking at it, like, huh, I wonder what that means. And usually like say you go to astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com. If you don't, haven't seen your natal chart before, it's free. Um, and usually it'll, it'll give you like basic insights into some of the things that are the most unique about you. Um, so that's like the basic, like more micro knowledge. And then for those that are interested in astrology in a bigger way, uh, reading, read anything you can get your hands on. I really like, I actually had a couple books here, but Cosmos, I'm not on video for all of you that can't see this. Cosmos, (laughs) 
Cosmos and Psyche by Richard Tarnas is like a really deep dive for those of you that are kind of more intermediate or advanced or interested in that format. Um, that would be that book. I think Stephen Forrest and his um, Element books are a fantastic place to start too, if you are looking for like intermediate knowledge. And then man, anything that just sounds interesting. You want to learn about Saturn, pick up a book. Also, like there's so much information online. The credibility is less good. Like a lot of people in podcasts and blogs will like give you some of their stuff and then tell you to read their book because that's where the depth of knowledge is. Mm. So you kind of have your like optimization depending on what you're hoping to learn at your fingertips, either through pages or online. Um, and then if you want to get certified, the AFA, the American Federation of Astrologers, is I would say like the most affordable option. It's like, I think in the five or $600 for like a full certification, um, you're gonna get bare bones and it doesn't really have a flavor. It's like a very like introductory thing. And then you have like a bajillion astrologers selling courses, but usually those are like upwards of a thousand, a thousand five hundred dollars or like up to 6,000 to become certified in their specific like a realm or school of thought. So it kind of depends on what you're interested in. I, for those of you that just like learning to learn, I wouldn't worry about it. But for those of you that want to read, um, I would do your own research. And of course, if that was, mm -hmm. if you're going to be like going into reading other people's charts for money. Uh, yeah, I guess that'd be my two cents. Um, I can also send you both a list of books that you can maybe put in the details of your podcast for those that are interested um, or particular astrologers that I think are really cool <laughs> yeah yeah um, but could you, if that's could you explain maybe just a little bit like a short definition of like I think we all know that like our three top signs that usually people focus on our sun our moon and our rising so can you just give your like explanation of like what those represent those signs represent for yeah for totally um I would say the sun sign is your, like what you're most used to about yourself. It gets complicated for folks that are like, I don't vibe with my sun sign. And I'll get to that in a bit because I totally get it. Um, so your sun sign is essentially the bare bones of who you are. It's like your skeletal makeup. It's like the things that you fall back on, what you don't really have to spend too much time thinking about that you just utilize in day-to-day -day efforts. Uh, your moon sign is more of like your internal, your subconscious, your emotional, your moody world. Um, it has, that has a lot more movement to it as the moon moves way faster and changes compared to the sun so that is like a little bit more ebb and flow if i can use that term and then your rising sign i think is the most fun um in in the sense that uh that has more to do with like how you come off initially your first impressions and usually is a little bit more extreme as it as like as far as the zodiac is concerned like a scorpio sun will uh not be as obvious as a scorpio rising like the Scorpio rising will be in a more extreme version of the sun sign, or at least the elements that you would expect in a sun sign. So those are the big three. And I hope that anybody listening would have enough interest just to look into that part of their chart, because that, I mean, there's forums and there's memes and there's Facebook groups. And just having that alone gives you more dimension than just your sun sign. Um, I love how you said I, extreme, the rising, because I think that's something that I haven't heard. But when you said it, I started like, pulling in who like Izzy's a perfect example I believe she's a Virgo rising but she's a Libra sun so she is very comes off very type a and very much like 
well, why did you not get this detail? Or what about like just now she handed me a packet of school information to ensure that I did it all properly because I didn't. And she like, and she holds on to it and she's 14 because I am <laughs> not, I don't have Virgo. I like Virgo. I don't know where the hell it is in my chart. It's not anywhere where it's going to be day to day obvious. So uh-huh. it's funny. She's extreme that way where she's a softer Libra. Not right. as obvious. And then as you get, and as you get to know Izzy, I'm sure the, the anal retentive or the, t- I don't actually like using anal retentive to just to describe Virgo. I'd rather say like detail oriented or yeah optimization efficiency very i would say yeah virgo is the most practical of the earth sign yeah yeah capricorn would fight me on that and i know that but virgo is it's just the detail yeah yeah um and but then when you get to know izzy better then you start seeing like oh my gosh you care so much about like things being aesthetically pleasing and you like the harmony and balance in group like situations and then you're like oh there's the libra and then you see that more often yeah, in the beginning, then, especially when she's feeling hot and bothered, it's like, what the fuck, mom? Why isn't this done correctly? And you're like, totally. Oh. And then her emotional side, like the mood side, she's a Scorpio, which has always freaked me out. And I remember you actually were the first one that did her sign. I was like, fuck, I birthed a Scorpio moon. Oh, my Lord. And I see where she, when it's really deep, when it's the emotions are most vulnerable, she holds them closest to the chest. And that oh, you're yeah. not going to force that kid. There's no pushing or pulling until she's ready to share and, and it's and, yeah and i would say the the beauty in scorpio too is like in health they are so good at drawing depth from people emotionally mm. it's like we're not fucking around with the with the shallow stuff like i yeah. like i can i feel that you there's something upset about this situation and i need you to tell me what that is yeah and i'm going to create a good place for you to say that um but an unhealthy scorpio a little different again like unhealth and health of each sign is its own thing but yeah um, i think scorpio moons are fantastic i mean i think a lot of moons are fantastic my moon is frustrating sometimes i wonder i'm so excited about your i already have an idea about your rising because i feel like that's usually what you can pick up on first with people but now that gives me a better guessing i feel like i'm so close on well one i know I know your son. The moon, I think I've got it. You're rising. I'm taking a leap of faith. So I'm going to. Yeah. It's okay. harder to guess right times when you know a person. Yeah. Because Bethany would probably have a, a better shot at guessing what I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably. Um, also- <laughs> like, um, and, and just if anyone knows me, it's just, I would. Be no, I, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm terrible at guessing. <laughs> okay. So um, Holly, what is some pop culture? Like what should, uh, like the mashup of astrology and pop culture that you want to share with our listeners that they cool. would enjoy and knowing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, first of all, as far as like true pop culture things go that has less to do with astrology, whenever you like watch a celebrity or someone on TV, you're actually watching their 10th house or like their their career. So uh-huh. like, a lot of what you understand about um, like uh, people in the public eye, you're actually looking at a different part of their chart than their sun sign. So like a lot of judgments that you'd have. Go ahead, Bethany. I was gonna say, can we pause you right there? Because I feel like people who don't know astrology very well are gonna be like, what are you talking about? Like what, what, like I was gonna ask you, (laughs) no, it's okay. Because what, like there's how many houses, right? And then if you could, if you could give maybe like a one or two word description of what each house is that might give people a better idea. Yeah. 
Um, I'm actually going to go one step backward. The three things that you should actually, this works for pop culture knowledge. The three things that I would say you should learn if you're interested in astrology is zodiac sign, which is like the tropes or like the, the personalities of like, um, astrology. So that's the Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, etc. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have the planets, which is like the things that are actually affecting shit. Like the planets are the energy that exists. And yeah. we'll say the sign is like the cellophane that the energy pushes through the light that comes mm. from it. Um, and then the houses are where that light showcases itself. It's like the spotlight on a specific place. So there's 12 houses. Um, the first is actually, which is kind of confusing. Uh, but if you look at a natal chart, the first house is the like if you split the whole house in half and a top and bottom is the left side center is the first house. Think of in, in, in astrological terms, it's actually the Eastern horizon when you were born. Mm. Like that's the first house. And then it continues counterclockwise. So the first is the house of self. The second is the house of values, resources. And a lot of people think money. Third house is communication, neighbors, siblings. Kind of random, actually. I think the third house is a little random. Um, fourth house is home and also the deepest secrets that you're probably going to harbor. Because mm. if you look at a chart, if the eastern horizon is the first spot, then what's directly below the earth and not in the sky, considered midnight, is the fourth house. And then fifth house is children, creation, um, joy. Sixth house is um, service. It used to be like servants. But sixth house could be pets, could be employees, could be um, those kind of interrelational. And then your health, your physical health. Seventh house is relationships, um, deep, intimate ones, marriage, best friends, colleagues, the other. The eighth is also kind of a complicated house. Um, I would say, and this has more to do with uh, the the material of the other. So someone else's money, material goods it also could be debt it's also the house of the soul um so there's a lot going on in that house the ninth house is higher education religion rituals spirit in that form like in a more like a long format dedicated the 10th house is career occupation and um, reputation the 11th house is social group community friendships and the 12th house is this is the most complicated because this will actually kind of depend on what form of astrology that you practice. Mm. Cause this could be karmic cycles and um, like regressions, but this could also be um, mental state and uh, life and death transformative cycles. Like this has more to do with what's not seen, the subconscious, the place mm. that is invisible to the self. Mm. Um, and that would be the one through 12. So when awesome. I talk about celebrities, and uh, people in the public eye, you're seeing their 10th house, their career, their reputation, their occupation more than you're seeing like who they actually are. So that's a form of answering the question of pop culture. <laughs> I wanted to do like a, this is what you didn't know about each of the sun signs, but everybody has that. Like everyone <laughs> that's online, that's in Cosmopolitan magazine, that's in like even Vogue magazine now, like, everyone horoscopes. So we're going to skip that. <laughs> and um, instead, what did I, what I wanted to do was kind of talk about the uh, rising moon and sun sign, but you guys kind of already got me there. That was my plan. 
Oh, no. We screwed with you. My bad. Y'all got it. No, don't we? That's, that's perfect. I think it flowed better that way too. Um, instead, I'll just do like more of an element thing because my my astrology business is actually called Elemental Astrology. My website's coming up next month. Woo! Um, <laughs> and uh, so we'll just do the elements because I think that's a great touchstone for folks that want to learn um, differences between everything, planets and uh, signs and like forms of energy. I think the, the elements work a lot and I like it. So um, fire and air are both more of the, I don't like the gendered version of masculine feminine. So yin and yang or day and night is what I'm gonna use instead. So the fire and air is, is, is day. The energy is active and fire signs have the tendency to be like great energy output. Um, definitely in need. If you think of fire, like they're in need of an input, like an oxygen mm. to keep them alive. So Aries need of a, like needs to have like a, an environment that's stimulating to them. Like their fire is fed by their environment. Leo's the fire is fed by their community or the people around them, which is why people always in their sun sign astrology get to them being attention seeking. Um, but ultimately they need people around them to feed the fire. And then Sagittarius is more like ideals and ideas and ethics and freedoms and a little more of like the ether. Um, and so they are, I would say like the greatest energy output and then air is the articulators. Like they'll take the imagination and then put it into word form. Like they're great with their uh, intellectual endeavors, their creatives. They um, do an excellent job in uh, essentially reaching, like reaching or connecting earth and like atmosphere. Like they, mm. they, they make that tether. Um, and in this case, it's like the scope, I would say is what defines each sign. So Gemini would be uh, very specific information. So they're the people who have all the fun facts. They would, it would be probably interested in speaking to every person on earth <laughs> if they could. Um, also, they're probably the most likely, and excuse me, Gemini's for saying this, to like put PhD on the end of their name just because they watched a couple of YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> like, and, and not necessarily in a bad way. I think that Gemini's energy is like relentless and they are great with memory and don't get attached to the memory too. So they're very like accessible that way. Whereas Librans have more of an interpersonal connection with air and material. So instead of it being idea, it's human. And um, they actually, this is what people oftentimes overlook in a Libra, they're great at playing devil's advocate. Like they're really good at creating banter and dialogue and have people think about things differently to then help their own perspective. So usually people think that Libras are like afraid of conflict, which can be true. Um, but ultimately like Libra's divine essence is creating balance and harmony. And so if there's too much of one thing, they'll try to create the other. And I think that's a, an excellent form of Libra that gets overlooked. And then Aquarius as a, an air energy is, it's like the greatest scope. It's like the, the magnitude of time and collective energy and people as a whole. Um, and are also are like um, connected to technology and advancement when it comes to information and knowledge that is progressive is very much an Aquarian um, essence as well. Um, and then we'll move to water, which is the third step. So we have fire, which is the furthest and highest. And then it's air, which connects the fire to the, to like earthen features. And we have water that sits on top of the earth and water is, I would say, 
one of the hardest things for me to wrap my mind around at times, uh, but they're protective and they're nurturing, which maybe those are actually two sides of the same coin. Like you have to be protective to be nurturing. There has to be boundaries to be loved. Um, and uh, water signs are excellent at this. And I would say cancer, um, people usually call cancers the most emotional, but I don't think that's true. I think they can be the most moody and it's because they move most often in their internal world. Uh, they like one day could be punk rock and the next day be like candy pop. It really depends. So <laughs> cancers, energies are more um, on like the mom and child format of the, the tenderness, but the tough love the cancer mm. being the crab shell with a soft interior. Um, and then you have, so I guess this is different forms of applying emotion. So you have like the interpersonal and you have Scorpio, which can actually overlook relationship for like true value, um, where like your feelings matter a little bit less than actually finding meaning. So like the mm. depth of the Scorpio is like a, yeah, yeah, don't give me the lies and betrayal. Otherwise I'll cut you off real quick. But like, if you're gonna meet me in this like truth and, and meaning essence, then I'll meet you there. Not yeah. saying that cancer can't do that, but their preference is more like the emotional state of the people around them. Mm. Um, and then finally, Piscean is like my friend um, who actually is a part of my business and I'll mention her in a bit and actually give her a little bit more <laughs> effect than I have so far. But uh, Pisceans are, the water that is the ocean like everything is connected there's not necessarily compartmentalizing that occurs um they i would say are the most emotional of the three or the the most connected to the emotion that they have in health um and uh it's kind of like if celine dion is playing in the background while it rains in a kiddie pool on the ocean is the piscean experience like everything is water like yeah it's the fetus being birthed out of cancer like that is the the essence of the Pisces and um, very like subconscious oriented too. They can connect the subconscious with conscious. And then finally, I feel like this is a lot of just me talking. <laughs> but no, finally, no, it's, great. it's great. I think it's good <laughs> yeah. information. I haven't heard it described this way before. Yeah, so. this, yeah to I second that. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. And I'll continue. <laughs> Thanks for the validation. <laughs> um, the, the earth signs are going to be like a, just because I don't want to get into the temp, the, um, why can't I think of the word? Well, it means I'm not supposed to talk about it, I guess, if I can't figure that out. So <laughs> earth last. Uh, and earth is the most like compact, stable, practical. And so I would say, um, I haven't really found the like unilinear piece that connects all of the earth signs, but we'll start with Taurus. I would say Taurus is the most like purpose driven that there's something very unique and material that they are trying to create for themselves. Um, and I also uh, attach luxury to Taurus as well in um, what they gather, what they create, what they find, what they resource, what they give, that there's luxury in a, in a Tauran essence. Um, and then if we move to Virgo, it's a little, I think you actually leave the person of personability behind. So Taurus is a little bit more personal and you get to Libra and Libra is the optimizer. Libra um, as an earth sign is not so much a creator. You mean uh, Virgo? Virgo, yeah. Sorry, did I say Taurus? You, you said, said Libra. Libra. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> no, Libra is an air sign. 
not an earth sign. We're back to Virgo. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, all the Virgos. Out no, there. you tested us. We um, were like, and Bethany, I looked at each other like, like, did I just miss something? She, yeah, I was like, wait, is she talking about the opposite? <laughs> like, like, so like, no, like, you know, like, I know opposites on on the zodiac mm-hmm. wheel also mean something. So I was like, is that what she's yeah. talking about? <laughs> no, I just messed up. <laughs> okay, it happens um, a lot on here. I actually like. I kind of wish that I messed up on like like a fixed sign, like an Aquarius or a Leo instead of a Virgo, because I just feel like Virgos can sometimes get left out in a lot of the conversations about astrology. So I'm really sad that I did that to y'all. Sorry, Virgos, you're fantastic. I always want you on my team. Um, Virgos are uh, (laughs) very practical. Like I said, like the most practical of the earth signs, as I said before too, Capricorn will come after me for that, but I stand by what I say. Um, Amazing optimizers and totally remove the like emotional essence of something to produce what is necessary. It's like, how do we accomplish this? Like very much like a team player, always validate your Virgos because they'll go forever without asking for any like attention or validation. Um, Whereas the other two Capricorn and Taurus couldn't live without that. (laughs) Um, And then finally, we'll get to Capricorn and Capricorn I would say is the most strategy oriented. This is like very much a uh, system oriented sign. Like the the compartmentalization that a a Capricorn can do is probably what lands them in the place where people experience just coldness. And um, the thing, the beauty about Capricorn that gets overlooked in pop culture astrology is uh, that Capricorns have to earn what they have, that there is not um, a trade-off or a shortcut. They earn their friendships or their respect from their colleagues or their, the, what they own, their material goods. Um, they're not just like, and I'm, I'm trying to focus on Cap a little bit because I think pop culture does them a disservice. Sorry, Capricorns out there. Uh, that it's like they're only work and performance oriented, but that's not necessarily true. Like it's just that they, what they do is very task over relationship for sure but they do it in a way that's authentic to their inner world. Um, earn is what, as a word that pops up for me. So it's like Taurus is purpose, Virgo is practical, and then um, Cap is strategic. I, and if we're talking opposites, Capricorn is uh, the creator of the systems that hold the cancer essence of like empathy and love. And those are opposite signs. I can't get too far into that. It'd have to be a different podcast where mm. we talk about the relationships between everything. Cause we can only do so much. Cause I can definitely find myself talking about astrology and then people's eyes starting to roll back into their head because it's a, a lot of information and B not everyone's even interested. So <laughs> that would be I my, my, I love what Sorry? you said about Capricorn because I, I think you say it better than I do. Cause I'll tell clients if they're a Capricorn, a sun sign or it's somewhere something that they can quickly share. I'll be like, look, someone, if you're going to work for someone, you have to highly respect, like you have to understand how they got there and respect that they're there. Or you're just going to be like fucking living hell at work. And they're like, (laughs) really? And then I had a client that like, what was it? It was like electrician or something. And texted me. was like, oh my gosh, I assumed this person had earned this position oh, I don't know how the hell they got it, but they're dipshit. And now I feel like, though I love what I do, I can't, like, it's almost like I can't fully self-express and explore this job until I get under someone or above that I respect. And I'm like, yeah, respect's 
big big deal yeah Yeah. capricorn their skepticism is pretty high up there i think like of the signs that would be listening to this my the capricorns out there would probably be like who is this girl how long she been studying astrology why is she talking to them like how come we're laughing about things yeah um but then they're loyal once you win them they'll they won't they're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. no and and that's the same with scorpio sorry i get all excited yeah 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 fucking go where are we going (laughs) well i was curious do you think covid would would you have any say i know that you don't like to play in the sun sign but just wherever the in their house would you say there's anything like oh gosh you know someone whose sun sign is pisces but they're you know uh how you know uh their house of values and resources number two i can't even say it is blah 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 is Capricorn, oh, they're the ones that are probably losing their shit over COVID. Is there anything like that you kind of notice around having a global pandemic? Oh, um, well, first of all, what I think is really interesting about the pandemic and Capricorn is Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars all became like close enough to be called conjunct within a certain orb, which is like a, a degree in astrological terms mm-hmm. um in capricorn last march of 2020 so the awareness of covid happened before that but the shutdown of all systems and social mm-hmm. and economic like situations is a total capricorn pluto mars saturn jupiter collective thing so if we're talking about astrology showcasing specific things that show up on earth that's a great one um, um and as far as what you were saying Aaron, about like people who are like I couldn't tell if you were saying people that really believed that this is real or didn't believe this is real. Or um, regardless of, I'm just curious if you're like, I'm noticing this inside of COVID. Uh, I noticed this, like we're, I'm not one way or the other. Anything that you I would noticing? say, not just Capricorn. I would say all the earth signs, if we're doing sun sign only, all the earth signs are probably like, great. I get to stay home. I work from home. I have like all my amenities. I like, can actually do the things I've always wanted to do at home finally. Like I get to optimize my time that way. Hell yeah. I would say my my poor fire signs, <laughs> my performers, and artists, my imaginative are just like, why the fuck are we inside? Like where's all the energy? <laughs> where's the people at? Why can't we collect? Like, I know, like wear masks outside. Don't even wear masks outside. Like my fire signs are definitely the ones that are putting double finger double middle fingers up mm-hmm. to this whole experience. Um, I was I thinking, really, as as, sorry, go, go, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, as far as like housing, not houses and signs and planetary energies, I haven't found a pattern for like those that are how people experience the pandemic, I guess I should say, mm. I haven't seen a pattern yet, but I also yeah. probably don't have enough charts to be able to find a pattern. <laughs> it's interesting for, like, the, global- the way you <laughs> described Leo's that they need other people to feel to get their energy and then Sagittarius like ideas which may be an introverted Sagittarius but like lots of times I see them as like that wanderlust traveling so they're like not getting to feed and and we can totally loop the travel and the idea together for um Sagittarius it like the key word being freedoms here but like the xenophile the desire for like new cultures new ideas new religions new ways people live like oh that's how you cook that that's so cool Sagittarius energy yeah um but yeah 
Your ports are closed. You can't leave your city. You can't leave your house. My poor fire signs. I'm sorry, all you fire signs out there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I would say each one has its own problem with the pandemic. I can think of like a comic strip for this, like their own problem with the pandemic and then like what they actually like about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. What their shadow that, but... and like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also any um, advice that you would give people depending in certain areas of their life, romance, career, or where they maybe should look in the chart to like, here's the, cause you were talking about like, I don't think you said conjunct, but there's, I know there's a lot of language around when planets move. Should they look for something if it's like, yes, look at your moon sign in this house or full moon. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but <laughs> no, I get what should it. they look for um, in regards to areas of a life? Okay. Houses. If you're looking at areas in your life, it's going to be the houses. If you're looking at why an energy is not in an area of your life, that's the planet. And if you're looking at like, I don't quite understand why this is or how people perceive that's going to be the, the Zodiac, like the, the experience that you have. So if you're looking into career, I would check the 10th house, like what we talked about earlier mm -hmm. in the pop culture thing. And um, I would also say the ruler of the 10th. I don't really want to get too far into like really uh, like astrology jargon because that can be hard to follow. Like conjunct is actually a great one to teach, which is when you have two planets that are almost overlapping one another or very close to one another in a chart or in the sky. It's called conjunction where one energy will affect both of those planets. Um, mm. So that was a great word, Aaron. Thank you for bringing that up. But uh, so I would say in a very basic way, the 10th house would be your career. First house would be self and like self-confidence, self-esteem, self-knowledge. Um, and then you'd have seventh house being romantic relationships. But you might also have fifth house being romantic relationships or like procreation. And then sixth and eighth house being sex. So there's a lot of different romance essences or effects when it comes to your, your chart. Um, I would say if you were interested in very specific things in your chart, absolutely learn but you're probably gonna have to do a lot of background first but this is why you would hire an astrologer like why am I not achieving where I want to be in my job should I even mm -hmm. be in this job um why am I having an issue with my boss what's going on with my partner like why have we why do I feel separation or how come I don't feel like I felt in the beginning of this relationship but it's only been this long like those conversations you could totally bring to an astrologer like that would be anything with romance, sex, career. And then of course, like self-transformation. Why do I not have self-esteem right now? Like, why don't I believe in myself? Why did I gain or lose all this weight? Like, what does this mean? Um, why don't I feel supported? Those are great questions to take to an astrologer. Like if you don't want to do all the background knowledge to learn what yeah. it means for yourself. Of course. So here, explain, riddle me this, Holly. <laughs> Six health is service pets emotion and health and sex yes yeah, six house is kind of hard so this depends yeah on, like, it doesn't make any sense unless you're fucking a cow <laughs> really <laughs> uh, i would say sixth house um i typically look at mainly for physical health that's like what i immediately look for if someone is talking to me about things that are occurring in their bodies um, sixth house can have sexual implication just because it's squeezed between, like, if we look at the life cycle of, of the astrological wheel, fifth house being procreation of children. 
Oh, Sorry, wait, I was hearing some. Yeah, I have a little alien sound going on. <laughs> um, well, it's still happening. <laughs> the universe is like, okay, do no, not give the secrets <laughs> of the sixth house. <laughs> uh, fourth house being home, then you go into the next place, the fifth house being procreation, not procreation, but like children. Sixth house could have the element of sex in it because the seventh house is going to be like maintained or intimate relationships. Mm. So not that sex is always found in the sixth. I wouldn't probably put it there if I was to just put it in a house in total, but there are essences of it. And then Mm. ancient astrology always connected to the sixth house in certain areas like Egypt, Greece, Mesopotamia with like servitude. So servants, service, employees, um, or like the people that you essentially have dominion over. You can also find kink in this house too. There, it just, I would consider the sixth house and the third house having like a lot of kind of randomized elements. And it really depends on the, the ancient um, background and what you like agree with. Like for me, I probably do a little bit of Hellenistic and Egyptian um, ancient astrological knowledge. So I use it more for like physical health and um, like, pets too uh but yeah i would say that six is kind of hard it just depends on the background like where it's coming from which version of astrology you abide by i when you when you i think in a minute you're gonna give us a mini reading and share what you see in our house i just want to know what bethany's sixth house is because she has taken a sec we've taken sex quiz and she has more kink than i do so i'm gonna (laughs) right don't you you yours you came out more kinky than me I have like 8% kinky, the blueprint. Yeah, I guess. You so. like 20, almost 30%. No, not kinky. Yeah, that's how like- you were a shapeshifter. Oh. No. <laughs> no. I'm energetic was the, no. Fuck. Sorry. is equal for all of them. Yeah. You were, that was one then, time and you retook right. it. Yeah, but it wasn't, kinky wasn't the top one. It was maybe like the third. Oh. Well, I'm in a relationship with a kinky, so I'll have to, we'll have to read him later, uh, Holly, because I'm like, what the hell is in that house? I, I like, I like the word kinky as like a title. I'm in a relationship with a kinky. <laughs> and he's a Gemini. Okay. He's like, uh, you. <laughs> okay. I, I would love to start with Bethany, if that's okay, as far as their chart. Is that okay? Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Lovely. I love Bethany. So Um, for those of you that are listening, this can probably get a little bit complicated just because you can't see what I am looking at. Um, But the natal chart, uh, maybe I can also just send something to them. Anyway, hold tight. What I'm pretty much giving you some insights into your, your beautiful host's life. And then uh, at the end, we'll do a little bit of a wrap up, but we're almost like there. they needed okay. more. Bethany, <laughs> I don't think that natal charts for other people can be not very interesting for the folks that aren't either present or don't know you. So right. I'll keep it short. And we're going to do the big three. We're only doing sun, moon, and rising. Um, but as a preface, the aspects, how each thing um, is affected by or is connected to other planets and energies is really important here. So your big three is not like the all-encompassing essence of who you are. You are all zodiac signs. You have each planet in your chart. You're everything. It's just which ones are the loudest is what we're going over. So starting with Bethany, we're going to go with your rising sign because I would say that's something that I just like starting out with. And you have a Taurus rising. 
So um, this kind of energy, because it's in like a rising placement is going to be, you're very fond of the pleasures of life and what they can bring you. Uh, there's also an emphasis on um, some form of material. And this can definitely, this depends on aspect, but like good food, sophisticated or fun conversations, um, owning like nice materials, whether that be how you decorate your house or how you dress yourself, that there is like some form of luxury that you like to abide by. Um, there can be gluttonous moments. I don't know, like if it's like drugs, sex, sex. drink, stuff, <laughs> but like that there's, there's like an emphasis on a material or sensory experience. Um, but along with that, uh, you, the beauty about Taurus is you have the ability to probably breathe new life into lost causes, um, especially as a rising sign for a Taurus energy, uh, that Taurus is just like so connected to like earthen cycle animal and like plant spirit life energy is experienced in Taurus um, so that you have that ability if you'd like to hold on to that or depending on where you use it because it doesn't have to be in everything or it can't be in everything um, and I would say uh, you like materialize rewards like I think Taurus is kind of a magnet in that sense um, and so moving from that to your sun sign which is in Aquarius in the 10th house uh, the 10th house is a very obvious place in a sign, excuse me, in a chart where most people see this, like, or, or at least are pretty privy to it. And uh, you, because your sun sign is so close to Mercury, your, um, your communication is emphasized in your work, that there is some amount of like either speaking or writing or communicating between people that is emphasized and almost necessary. You're probably going to be using a lot of long, it's funny that's a podcast, long distance or like technologically um, lifted or generated forms of communication, email, podcast, uh, audio clips, video, etc. cetera. Um, and that's separate from pandemic, that's just in general. Um, but you're very focused on meaning in your job. Like there needs to be at this point in your life at least because the 10th house is a later in life spot in your chart, but uh, there needs to be like meaning. There has to be some form of like, I believe in this, like an ethical value, just because Aquarius doesn't do things just because usually. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just like with other things in this area or that I could just name as like adjectives, um, empathetic would be one of them that you definitely care for people. Uh, and that you, you garner, like a, you create or garner authority, but it's probably in a more unique way, like either in the way that you create relationship with the people that you're working with or the way that you treat them, even if you would say they're beneath you or employees or whatever, you treat them as if you are equals. Like there is an amount of like authority that you create and generate for yourself, but that is like a more empathetic way of achieving that. Um, yeah, and I would say you're pretty noticeable. Like I would say business is a large part of your life. I don't know if that's true now or will be forever or in the future, but that's like an emphasis in your mm -hmm. life experience. And finally, here we go, Erin, the kink stuff. You ready? Yes. Guess who's, guess who's moon signs in the sixth house? Our dear friend, Bethany. Um, <laughs> ah. <laughs> What's her uh, moon? So I would say Libra. Her moon's in Libra. Libra's sixth house. So there's a lot of air sign going on too in the big three. There's a lot of like idea generation and communication styles and thought. Um, so I would say you have probably deep emotional sensitivity to others um, that generally there is a desire to not necessarily be liked, but to maintain the harmony 
Um, and being sweet to people would probably be um, uh, something that you value in yourself that you see and that you like. Um, you're gentle uh, in the times that you'd like to be because Libra isn't gentle always. Um, and uh, I would go out to venture, and this also has to do with some of your aspects with your moon, but your, your emotional processing can sometimes be chaotic. And uh, that could either be because there is a comparison for the inside and outside world. Like, is this what I should be feeling in the situation? Or should I be listening to this person and how they're emoting over what I'm feeling right now? Like there's a lot of kind of like tension between the emotional experience inward and the like external world or others. Um, but based off of Stephen Forrest's understanding of moon signs, you were, at the time you were born, the moon was in a waxing gibbous which has a very specific connotation, which you're on your way to the full moon. And this, the, the term for this or the personality trait for this is called the server and the lover. So there is an element of like deep emotional connection with folks that you are, um, that you intend to love and help. And that you're honestly, that your sex life is probably more of a prominent focus in your life as well as a way of connecting. So I don't know, like, and we don't really have to get into this. This could be a, a chat after the recording, but um, <laughs> like uh, for like, you don't necessarily have to attribute like deep emotional connection to your sex life, but there's still a deep care for those you have sex with. So mm -hmm. they don't have to be like, we are now bound together forever and we love each other so much element to sex at all. But the people that you do, <laughs> right. Uh, for those of you that no, couldn't see you. it, but she's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for those that you have sex with, you genuinely care about them and their well being. Yes. Like there's not just like a, a use and throw away aspect to this. It's like a, there is an amount of like learning and engagement and giving and taking that is like felt and um, catered to the person like to, to establish some some like some juiciness, of course, but also some healing. Um, yeah. So I think that's uh, an element of it. And I want to talk about like your health and stuff, but I actually find that to be a little bit more personal. Funny that's like, yeah, we'll talk about sex, but not your health. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, that all depends. But um, you're really good at joint creation. Just in all of those three things: the Aquarius in the tenth, the Libra in the sixth, and the uh, Taurus on the on the ascendant there like your creation in your life will be tenfold what it is if you invite others in it to help like you are not an alone experience in this life and you shouldn't try actually that's probably a good indicator of unhealth is when you desire like complete isolation mm -hmm. being that's that so your mars is in your 10th <laughs> um oh excuse me your mars is in your 12th house not your 10th house and that's getting a little bit too far but i'm not doing free shit about for all you folks listening all the time so we're gonna skip this and um <laughs> i'll talk to you a bit if she has questions but aaron we're moving on to you yeah and i'm just excited to hear yeah bethany's because so much of what you said like how bethany does women empowerment movement sexuality like that's just her gift of part of being a tarot reader and a coach. So I think it's, I was like, Oh, this makes total sense. Did it make sense to be that? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Harmony. She cares. She wants to be expressive and she's an Aquarius kind of does it a little outside the lines. Yes. And, and, the, uh, and the Libra in essence of like maintaining some good boundaries. Yeah. And in, in, in relating. Uh, that there is like there's a you on this side of the scale but there's also a me and this yeah. needs to be 
even. <laughs> um, and that you you demand that others expect the same for themselves. Like that mm. there's some service, but there's also some like receiving that needs yeah. to be yeah. there. So um, probably a good lever too. Oh yeah, that's well, a Well, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna cheat my horn, but. Dude, dude, I'll do it for you. <laughs> She's a good lover. Um, yay. All right, Erin, uh, we're gonna start with yes. your rising sign. <laughs> which you were so so close like we're probably minutes off of being an aries rising but you're a pisces rising um it was a Taurus. and i would say it's oh, i don't know why i threw that up what what <laughs> wait wait what did i always you say, say i'm a Taurus. i always thought i was a, between a Taurus and an aries but i'm actually a pisces see this is where i, I brain fart sorry wait, Bethany, <laughs> do you even know yourself <laughs> <laughs> well her moon's in taurus so there is large tauran energy occurring with okay. your chart and, and i'll get to that after i start with the rising sign i think that this is i know erin a little bit better than i know bethany so i'm trying to remove what i already know from this reading uh-huh. um just because that can totally play into things where i'm like oh yeah she's a pisces rising therefore all these things make sense um but pisces being uh a marrying of like the, the the conscious and the subconscious the one that is like uh inviting to all and the, the exactly how they are you're like i love you where you're at if you're authentically existing as you i accept that like and i'll love you there mm-hmm. i will then decide on how i would like to operate but i'll love you there <laughs> um that there's uh you're you're super likable piscean energy is usually that way that people have a tendency to just be like wow like i really like her like and just sometimes, even if they're like, I don't really know why, but I really like mm-hmm. her. Like even in like spending a line in a grocery store. Um, but you have to have a form of introspection in your life to remain healthy. There has to be like a check-in of the internal world. The um, I don't know that I'd call you an extrovert per se, uh, but there needs to be introversion involved. It needs to be reading or learning or like uh, a scope of self to remain healthy. Um, that's, that's that, definitely just, me. I go yeah, in a lot, I, but I look like I, I'm an extrovert. But if people watch, if they had a video camera follow me around, and for <laughs> every hour I'm extroverted, I'm probably two hours doing something on my own, exploring, reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that there's like some element of you not necessarily feeling at home on earth. Like that mm. there's like a, I feel very in touch with soul level other lifetime life experiences I like I feel kind of weird in my body at times like you you are far more connected with your soul experience than you are with the material experience which Mm. can be frustrating at times um and then moving on to sun sign which uh our dear friend Erin here is uh, a Libra and uh hers her sun sign is actually in the seventh house which is the house of like deep connection, romantic connection, colleagues, friendships, etc. The other part of the chart. Um, mm-hmm. You have like a, a natural mode uh, of living in partnership with others. Like that that is actually something that you do fairly well and that you can balance in your life or you will create balance if there are others around. So like family, children, partnerships, marriages, sexual relationships, colleagues, like all of these things are actually pretty easy for you to be able to meander through. Like that you can create that and make it work for your lifetime. Like partnership makes sense. 
also with the sun being in the seventh house, sometimes there's an emphasis on the other, um, mm. like that you pay a lot of attention to other people's well-being sometimes before you check in with self, or you'll put yourself yeah. on the sideline to be able to attend to others. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something you got to like pay attention to or keep in check. Um, also, we kind of talked about in the beginning, I wasn't going to bring this up, but now that we already spoke about it in the beginning of this podcast, your loss, mm-hmm. you, you have or your loss of um, your, your husband years ago, you have a, a conjunction like in your chart with your sun sign in the seventh house where you, I need to just make sure I pull this up to have like, yeah, your, your sun is conjunct Pluto. And I wasn't going to get deep into these um, particular types of aspects, but Pluto is a planet of death and rebirth. Mm. And so like that idea of there being a death and that doesn't have to be like literal, like for you, that was, yeah. but for other people to be like of loss of hope, a loss of hope, a loss of home, a loss of other, but for you, in your case, it was literally a loss of your significant other. Um, is it and, Pluto like death, but within the idea of transformation on the other side of the death? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Pluto is death and life cycle. So it's not only like emphasized, but there's like, there's always renewal, rebirth, rejuvenation, regeneration afterward. Okay. Um, Which is why I think Scorpio, like in modern day astrology, Scorpio is always paired with Pluto, but um, ancient astrology, it's Scorpios with Mars. Anyway, coming back to Libra in the seventh house. Um, But besides that loss thing that I wasn't going to bring up, but did because that is so an element of like, astrology is like holy shit that's real there we go mm-hmm. but um yeah you, the libran part of your seventh house is you're able to see all sides if you want to you have the access to see all sides of a situation mm-hmm. which can drive people around you crazy <laughs> being like no you're supposed to be on my side and you're like well there's other things to play here um my bff is a pisces and i drive her ape shit because i'm like she calls me when you said <laughs> devil's advocate about libras i was like that's what she says you're a devil's advocate and i'm like no, I don't think so. I'm just pulling up something that to me is very obviously not been overstepped. And she's like, yeah. loyal. He's like, but that's not, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, you're, let's see. I put all just a couple of keywords down when I looked. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, I think I've mostly said everything. But then essentially the beauty about Libra in the seventh house is you're an excellent mirror to others of themselves like Mm. the job that you actually do is a good one like where you simultaneously can see yourself in others where that reminder of like ah this is like a projected experience but also you're good at rotating mirror for other people to see themselves too and then have like some beautiful and harmonious dialogue about that yeah Um, and then finally moon sign is uh in taurus in the second house um and the cool part about this is you both have Libra, Tauran energies, and then you have like outer planet Aquarius, Pisces energy. So like you two working together on a podcast about etheric healers makes a lot of fucking sense. Okay. Um, um, and so Aaron, your moon and Taurus, like Taurus people, I would just probably put like attractive and charming in part of that too. So you have that as well. Um, good natured. You're, you can be proud and stubborn in certain areas of your life. Yes. Uh, with, you will put your hoof into the ground and stay there. You're like, yeah, no, this is this is what's happening. I don't give a shit. 
And um, that can actually be like a really uh, productive and powerful move that will create growth in your life. And it can also set you back. So Taurus, take and leave that element of stubbornness. Um, you create a natural authority. So in this sense, because it's uh, Taurus in the second house, there is a material, emotional part of this. So mm. like in your conversations with people uh, that have to do with like things like money, you have an authority in the way that you carry yourself. You're probably also good at advising <laughs> people about resources. Um, you're actually excellent at generating resources. And that does not have to mean the material only, like though the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is something Taurus is excellent at, food, water, shelter, sleep. Um, you can also provide emotional resource or spiritual guidance or like resources that will help like in other ways. Um, this is also an aspect thing more than a Taurus in the second. Uh, but the way that I talked about Bethany's waxing gibbous, you have a waxing crescent. So you're leaving the new moon as far as like your, when you were born, what the moon was doing. And this, like, as far as her helper lover identity, yours specifically has to do with like, um, like giving life or creating shape. Like a part of, well, make that what, a part of what will make your moon happiest is if you are a part of something that is creating or building like mm. a part of your life, whether that be family or business or a home structure or something like there needs to be a giving shape to something mm. needs to be a part of it. Um, Interesting. And then you say something else. Book. That was awesome. Uh, I, I thought it was, but. Sorry, the waxing moon and the wait gibbous waxing that's, uh -huh. that was new information like and it, when you were talking about it, though i couldn't i can't articulate exactly like repeat it back it was so on an intuitive level landing the way you talked about bethany i was like oh my gosh it makes i can see just knowing bethany and how she moves like i was like oh that she's like lined up to that and i should say aaron yes what i in in the <laughs> in the waxing crescent like it's making its way to full like it's the first part moving from new moon to full moon and um it's the the idea of creating shape it has to be creating something that's bigger than you that's helpful mm -hmm. on a larger scale that's illuminative to others like it's not just giving shape to something that you think about it has to be larger than you yourself and with a taurus energy behind that you're going to do it it's like the materializing of shape um but anyway, that's going to be kind of the end that I give to you both because I could go on way too long and then it gets boring. I love people. it. Yeah, that was awesome. But that's, that's what okay. you get, y'all. <laughs> All right, two things left to cover. One is we're going to guess what we think your moon, sun, and rising is. And then the other one, you're going to tell us how the hell other people can get readings. Our listeners can get readings from you and find awesome. out more about you. All right, so, hit me with it. What do you think? You want to guess first? Or you want me no, to guess? You go. Okay, wait, do sun first. We'll do them one at a time because I know sun. Okay. Guess your sun and I'll. Oh God, this is hard. I'm like I said, I'm terrible at this. Um, Sagittarius. Am I wrong? Oh, that's a close one. Capricorn. No, I mean, you're wrong, but I'm a Capricorn. Oh, that's so funny because I was like, no, there's no way she's a Capricorn. Okay. Like, I'm terrible. Yeah. I told you. I think <laughs> rising is Sagittarius. That's my guess. Ding, ding, oh. ding, ding. I'm not, I was going to say something else, so. All right, then you go first, because I think I know what I want to say for um, 
for moon. Um, moon. Gemini. That's what I was going to say. It's an air sign, but it's Aquarius. Okay. Oh! I, Aquarius, I was going to say you were that an Aquarius. That actually makes better sense. I was going to say Aquarius rising. I was feeling Aquarius strong. I was like, she's got to have fucking air in here because she, yeah, you and I are so like sense. lining up with her. I was like, there is air going on in this woman. I just know it's yeah. not a sun. Yeah. And I was funny. I felt earth at first. I felt earth sun. And I was like, okay, rising has to be air because of the way that she's like coming across. And then I thought moon was like, I was like, moon is either air or water for some reason. But again, I'm no, terrible. I have no water so. at all. Like none. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're not coming to me with your emotional problems, I guess. Um, or I just won't, I won't match you with, I'm like, what's the solution? Like, how can we solve this? Not like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I need to learn. I'm learning. Um, no, that's, but, I'm, I'm like, I think I miss a lot of fire. I get that. Cause I don't have a lot of fire. You don't have a lot of water B no, either. I think B similar. I have a lot of fire, mm -hmm. fire and air. Um, you guys actually did really well though. Like Bethany, you got two out of the three, right? Just in the wrong place. And then yeah. Aaron's cheating because she did me better. I know, I knew. Pumpkin eater. Um, so the first person. Oh wait. Yeah. Was, oh, so was what's the offer? Person, yeah, uh, I will offer. I'm gonna about. I'm gonna give my email to you folks for whoever needs to get in touch with me for this. But if you guessed, the if you're the first one to guess all three right, you get 30 minute free consultation. If you get a few right, but you're like the most right, I'll give a 15 minute free consultation where we can- How do we know if, we, if they're not just, they're just, they already heard what you They're going to go to hell if they lie. If they listen to this and then guess. We're intuitive. So. So we're going to know if you're lying. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't talk about <laughs> your dharma. All right. Um, how can we, how can our listeners find you, Holly? Um, I'm updating a website in the next month. I'm having the hardest time with my bio, but next month, and it's going to be elementalastrology.com. And then, uh, if you want to get a hold of me today, it's theelementalastrology at gmail.com, or I'll just put my personal out there, Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N dot holly at gmail.com. Um, I'm happy to chit chat, answer questions. Uh, if I have a feeling that you're, you're asking so many that I think you just need a natal chart, I'll say that. Um, my rates are actually pretty affordable for an astrologer. I have to say, yes. I don't breach a hundred, but like 80 bucks for an hour's worth. And then we could tack more things on if you want. Um, but ultimately that's gonna, that's what I've got for you. And also if you're just curious about like, how do I continue my like learning and absorption of astrology knowledge, I can give you plenty of resources of where to go look, depending on how familiar you are with the, with the whole astrology thing. And I think what's, what's great about you, Holly, is that for me, being someone that like wants evolution, enlightenment, I think that you do a really fabulous job because I've gotten read by many astrologers and only a couple that I was like, repeat business, um, is that sometimes people like gets, enjoy talking about astrology and they kind of get lost in the terminology and almost like talking to a philosopher that's kind of attached to one yeah. philosophy. And it's someone's, I think a lot of time people are coming saying, how do I apply this like application in my life? And I think you're really impressive on how you let the client drive the session of like, Hey, I'm looking at this or what does this mean? And so your application, I think is it really, it stands out really nicely. So thank you. Thanks. 
Thanks. Um, for those of you that are looking for like illumination and transformation in your life, hit me up. I have the practical things that I can offer you and give you insights. But if you're looking for, I would say that my ethics are, I don't do new, like if you just had a kid, I'm not going to do like a, a new birth chart reading. Um, I want them to be older. Otherwise there's a lot of like expectation of the way your child behaves based on what I'd say. Um, I also don't do predictions for marriages or death, but other things I'm open to talking about. <laughs> Fabulous. Cool. I like that. Thank you so much, Holly. All right. Thank yeah, you everyone absolutely. for joining us. Thank you, Holly. And we're in our final show. So pay attention. I'm so glad that we got an astrologer in because we are, we are heading out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks All right, for having Holly. me. Bye. Bye.